The Energy Matters to You podcast is a communication platform that features technologies and thought leaders working to advance energy efficiency. Energy Matters to You seeks to connect buyers with sellers so that practical, cost-effective energy efficiency and sustainable energy solutions continue to gain market traction. And now your hosts, Ron Galuli and Leo Ryan. Hello and welcome to Energy Matters to You. Leo Ryan here along with my co-host, Ron Galuli. Good to have you in the house, brother. Great. Good morning, Leo. Good to see you. And we have a great guest this morning, too. So uh, what's on the <laughs> AWE calendar? Well, got to mention this one. AEE East, you know, that's a national event. That is coming to Boston, June 7th and 8th. So I'm happy to say Lightless does have two presenters there. Mike Pace will be talking about EV, and we have another engineer that will be talking about, uh, I believe, Smart Grid and the engineering surrounding Smart Grid. So, yeah, looking forward to that event. Wait, how many folks come to that? Thousands. I think Carl Popolo, last time it was held here in March, called it the March Madness for Energy Geeks. So, uh, yeah, it'll be a big crowd. Well, you're right. We, we do have a great guest and from a great company uh, with C-Power. Uh, C-Power is building the customer-powered grid, a specialist in uh, distributed energy resources. So welcome, Jay Snyder, to Energy Matters to You. Thank you, Leo. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Why don't you start us off, Jay, by uh, giving us your title, your responsibilities with C-Power. Nice to hear you know, your perspective, your, uh, your overview on who C-Power is and what they do. Yeah, absolutely, Leo. So my role at C-Power is managing our technology partnerships. I've uh, been with C-Power for a bit over two years. I have been at a number of other uh, companies in the energy space, kind of in the clean tech, or as they now call it, climate tech side of things. Uh, you know, kind of was excited to uh, transition over more to the energy services side with C-Power. And so what C-Power does, you know, you mentioned the customer powered grid. so. Clearly, you've, you've done your homework. That's uh, kind of the mission statement that we've, you know, shifted into or have always done, I guess, but have uh, kind of captured in that, uh, you know, catchy uh, a phrase there. So we are the leading uh, national DER monetization and virtual power plant provider doing so in the, the mission of creating a customer powered grid. And we do that to enable a flexible, clean and dependable energy future so we help our customers unlock the full value of their distributed energy resources. Um, they do that to strengthen the grid when and where it's needed the most. Uh, we see uh, increasing uh, number of use cases where that is needed, whether that's due to extreme weather or you know increasing uh, intermittent resources. Um, so I'm sure we can unpack that further as we continue the discussion today. Yeah, a lot to unpack. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you just to do a little step back about. Uh, we'll go to Jay Schneider. Tell us a little bit about your evolution to the to the spot and what kind of training do you have and professional experiences put you in this spot. Yeah, absolutely. So I come into uh, this space uh, from a bit of a non traditional background. I'd say you know studied uh, IT and tech. You know when I was in college and started off you know kind of in that direction. Uh, kind of stumbled into energy at a point uh, relatively early in my career where I was just looking for something different. Um, and I really felt, you know, lucky to have, you know, kind of ended up there by happenstance because, you know, I've started in tech in the, sorry, started in energy in the mid 2000s. So it was really just as the space was digitizing, you know, I was involved kind of in the early days 
of smart meters and the meter data management systems uh, to support that evolution and really got to see the the space uh, be flooded with data and got to deal with a lot of those challenges from the technology side. You know, I kind of say that I started off as, uh, you know, sort of exploring the energy side of tech. And now with this uh, role at CPower, I'm kind of on the tech side of energy, kind of bringing technology, you know, bringing that experience to bear in helping, you know, demand response kind of evolve into a more automated tech-driven enterprise. So, um, yeah, I've really been kind of excited to evolve along with DERs and to, to be part of the evolution in demand response. So, I mean, demand response, I know you guys are aware and probably most of your listeners are aware, has been around for a couple of decades and it really started off fairly analog, right? So, you know, this was the days before 5G and the days before IoT was a, a three-letter term that meant anything. And so it was, you know, calls and emails to frazzled facilities managers going around and flipping a bunch of switches. And truth be told, there still is some room for that in demand response. You know, we have some customers that have been doing that it that way always and are still doing it and it works. But increasingly, we see a pull from customers and a pull from the energy markets that, hey, we need more uh, automation. And so it's, you know, been great to bring the experience that I have, you know, again, coming in from that, you know, tech mindset into helping give our customers what they want and give the grid operators what they need in terms of the reliability and the, you know, agility that, you know, automation can bring to uh, demand response participation. Jay, I think it's really insightful for sharing your background with the non-traditional background in, in energy. You think about it's just a place for engineers, which is not at all the case because there's there's so much changing. There's there's so much need for good communication or uh, integration of large sets of data. So it's just a reminder to folks that are on the sidelines of energy, take a good set of skills that can be applied in the energy space. Jay, I want you to go a little deeper for us on the, on the state of demand response uh, today. Um, and, and, and are you focused primarily in the United States with demand response? Yeah, that's a great question, Leo. CPower is uh, right now solely focused on the U.S. You know, we believe that's one of the differentiators for our business. You know, uh, some of our competitors are kind of, you know, have their hands in more international markets. And we really see our, our singular focus on the U.S. is really providing the best value to our customers. We can go really deep on the US and as you guys know, there's uh, no shortage of challenges within the US. You know, We still have this uh, extremely varied set of structures and rules depending on where in the US you are. So the US definitely keeps us busy uh, and we are spread throughout the US. You know, We work in all the markets along the East Coast, the West Coast, the Midwest, uh, you know, utility programs, you know, particularly in areas where there are no wholesale markets, uh, although also uh, utility programs within the wholesale markets, uh, to be sure, as well. And so the current state of the market right now, uh, the DER monetization market is around 40 gigawatts, and we see that growing to uh, 100 gigawatts based on the, the forecasts uh, that, that we uh, subscribe to uh, by 2030. So it's, you know, storage, microgrids, you know, all of these new technologies coming online are going to add to to that mix and you know between 
FERC order 2222 and just other market forces, we just see the wholesale market operators as well as the distribution utilities building more opportunities for participation. So again, you know, we see our, our market as a huge growth market and we see the path ahead of us in terms of what we need to do to help onboard those additional assets into demand response. Jay, I know National Grid in Massachusetts has a very robust demand response program, Connected Solutions, and uh, there is a portion of that geared toward batteries. I haven't seen the uptake in batteries the way I thought I would based on the the value add of that service and the, the various benefits that it offers customers. But you know, the common theme that I hear around the country is the interconnection challenges. It seems to me that has been a big hurdle. I don't know if you want to expand upon that. I agree. It is a huge hurdle. You know, Sea Power is investing heavily in, you know, building up storage as, you know, mm-hmm. as a customer base and as an area of expertise for ourselves. You know, I I dabble in it, particularly where it comes to, you know, partnering with vendors that help control microgrids, control batteries and so forth. But, you know, we have a team that's dedicated more fully to uh, battery storage. And, you know, they're out there knocking on doors, of course, but, you know, we find long cycle times between projects getting started and when they're actually able to come online. It's the internet connection delays. It's also, of course, you know, hey, it wouldn't be 2023 if it wasn't, if we couldn't talk about supply chain challenges as well. You know, I don't think it's any one thing, but yeah, absolutely. There's huge value there, but there are challenges and delays in getting projects in the ground. Um, You know, and I think also some of it is getting developers uh, comfortable with uh, merchant revenues, you know, the, the, the uh, program you referenced there, uh, the Connected Solutions uh, is a great value, tremendous value for batteries. Um, but, uh, you know, I know there's a, a sort of question that we often get of, you know, how, what's the longevity of this, you know, value stream. So, you know, I think there's work to be done on, on all sides, but I mean, it's absolutely a huge part of the present and future and something that we're devoting a lot of attention to. Um, and that New England is, uh, you know, really leading the way on in terms of, you know, creating attractive opportunities uh, for storage to uh, to act in uh, demand uh, demand response. Jay, take us through the customer profile of C-Power's customers. Tell us about who it is that you're you're going after, who you ideally serve, who in the organization, and I'm really curious to know the kinds of objections that you hear. You know, years ago, it was a level of awareness. You're calling into a marketplace that wasn't necessarily aware. I think the awareness is much higher today. I'm curious to know, like, who are these customers? What kind of objections are you hearing? And, and, and how, how do you, you push the, the full power of sea power into the marketplace? Yeah, absolutely, Leo. So we work with large CNI users. And when we say large, you know, that can either be a single large site, you know, your aluminum smelters and other sort of classic demand response candidates, although it also is customer consumers, uh, customers that are large across, you know, multiple sites. So, you know, talking box stores, you know, uh, commercial real estate, you know, cases where each individual site may not be large on its own, but there's a, a significant aggregate effect through the portfolios these customers own 
So if that sounds kind of broad, it is. That's one of the, the neat things I think about demand response is, you know, we're talking about, you know, a wide swath of industries ranging from data centers and crypto mining across to large industrial, as I already mentioned, box stores, K-12 and uh, higher ed, you know, really the the list is kind of unending. So I I say that's neat, first of all, because of course, it's always great to have a a large addressable market, you know, really kind of keeps our sales teams busy and keeps the the growth dynamic. Um, But also even from a personal perspective, you know, I've spent a large part of my career working uh, solely with utilities um, and absolutely no knock on utilities, but it's kind of neat for me to now be able to learn about esoteric things like Bitcoin miners, like healthcare, like campuses, like industrial, Um, you know, it really kind of keeps things interesting. You know, also I'd be remiss if I didn't mention kind of tying it back into my role we work increasingly with technology partners. So, you know, it's interesting, you know, they're not the end customer, but we can work with technology partners who who do various controls and IoT type technologies. That's basically what we mean when we say technology partner and basically educate them on the ways that they can bring demand response into the value proposition they're providing to their customers Um, And so I'll kind of start, you know, the second part of your question was about objections. I'll kind of start with the objections from technology partners, since that's, you know, what I kind of concerned myself with in my role. You know, I think some of them just don't get how they play a role in demand response. You know, maybe it's something that's never been presented to them before. Maybe it's just something that, you know, they just kind of don't get what's in it for me. And so it's really about sort of you know, showing them, hey, you know, if you can sort of be the one, the the superhero going in and enabling this this revenue stream for your customers, that can, you know, tell a story of offsetting subscription fees or, or maintenance contracts, you know, depending on what type of, you know, business they're in, you know, can just kind of help shorten the payback period, you know, on these projects they're doing, you know, who doesn't want that? So, you know, I think that's really the challenge, you know, with that audience, with our end customers, you know, the objections, as always, are, you know, occupant comfort, you know, we care a lot about that, you know, we say, you know, if you're if it's not sustainable uh, participation, then you're going to end up having a bad experience and demand response, you're going to leave the program, that's no good for C power. So we are really aligned with you, you know, and we want to work closely with you to make sure that the curtailment plan we come up with for your sites is sustainable for for you and for your uh, occupants and customers and so forth. You know, the other objections that I think, you know, that we see is just that the effort's going to be too high. And again, that's where I like the role that I play because, you know, I I get kind of brought in, uh, especially, you know, by uh, by our sales staff, you know, to kind of reassure that, hey, if you can leverage, you know, technology solution XYZ, you know, great if it's something that the customer's already working with, or maybe it's, you know, one of our partners that we can introduce to them. But if you can leverage this automation, then there is zero effort. You know, we basically say, you know, you sign the paperwork and then you're done. You know, true set it and forget it if you're using automation as we increasingly see customers doing uh, within demand response. Jay, I was, I was listening to uh, the Carbon Copy podcast yesterday. Stephen Lacey actually got his band back together. Catherine Hamilton was on it along with Jigger Shaw. But they were talking about electrification and how to serve that load 
right, is going to increase exponentially. They talked about nuclear, which we had talked about in a few podcasts ago, but also the transmission constraints, right? When you build new transmission lines, I've been on a team that built lines. It's a 10-year process. Do you see more of an interest in utilities, a resurgence in demand response, if you will, to be able to support that electrification as these new assets are built out to serve that load? Absolutely. I mean, I think a lot of that interest is nascent because I think utilities are kind of still wrapping their arms around what does this really mean, right? So I think everyone looks to California. And I actually was just reading an article before I hopped on the the podcast um, on Canary Media about, you know, how explosive the growth in uh, EVs is expected to be in the next decade and how much investment that's going to require for California many orders of magnitude more investment than the utilities had, you know, henceforth been, you know, investing. And I think, you know, we have kind of the advantage here in the East Coast that, you know, we're, we're not the first mover, you know, when it comes to electrification, there's a lot more of it out West. So I get, I think we get to see kind of what happens there and, and learn from it. So I think, you know, I, I think there is a lot of, you know, forward thinking there, you know, in this region, you know, again, the Connected Solutions Program and what they're doing there, I think is totally a hedge against the uncertainty that electrification provides in terms of the demand profile in the future. But I think we're going to see more. I think we're really just at the the very front end of this. You know, if you kind of look at the hockey stick growth that EVs and heat pumps and everything else is, you know, going to have uh, or starting to have here in the Northeast, I think there's absolutely going to be growth in the programs. That's what I was alluding to when I mentioned that, you know, 100 gigawatt figure that we see DER monetization going up to by the the next decade. It's going to be necessary because, you know, hopefully transmission can start getting built faster. Um, But the truth is, it's never going to be built fast enough. And so it's put immense pressure on the distribution grid. That demand response is that low hanging fruit. You don't have to put new metal in the ground. You're just using the the flexibility that's already out there. So, and absolutely, utilities are going to need to do that more and Power is going to be ready to help support them in that endeavor. Interesting stuff. Jay, that might be your tagline going out there. <laughs> Power, ready to do it. You heard it here first. <laughs> I would say, well, we do, we do. We try to keep these to 20 minutes and clearly there's a lot more that we can discuss here. Jay, is there anything else in terms of your role or message to the community that you want to get out as we, as we bring this to the close? No, I would just say, you know, we're, we're standing by, you know, continuing on that thread, you know, visit cpowerenergy.com to learn more about us. You can look me up on LinkedIn, um, you know, always happy to have these conversations, you know, I've been doing this a long time and always uh, learning more, learning more about what our customers need and how we can support them um, and how we can, you know, work further with others uh, in the ecosystem. Jay Snyder with C-Power, building the, the customer-powered grid. So, Jay, I want to thank you very much for, for being part of the Energy Matters to you podcast. Thank you again for having me. Thank you, Jay. Ron, anything else we need to share with our listeners as we go out? We look forward to seeing our listeners at the AWE East event in early June there, and um, always looking for additional guests on the show. We're building up quite a, quite a list of guests, so that, that's a good thing. And uh, the partnership with AWE New England has worked out really well. Yeah, it really has. And if, if folks are interested going to the AWE website, there's a, a link to click on to, to express your interest to be part of the Energy Matters to You uh, family. So love to have you. 
So as always, there's work to be done. Go make a difference. Support for Energy Matters to You comes from National Grid, Raytheon, Siemens, Keurig Dr. Pepper, Mitsubishi Electric Train HVAC US, Mechanical Insulation Solutions Network, AHA Consulting Engineers, GDS Associates, QGM Consulting, Acela Energy Group, Sane Engineering Associates, B2Q Associates, Lidos, Conservation Solutions Corporation, Emergency Management Associates, and FMC Technologies. Do you or someone you know want to be featured on Energy Matters to You? We're seeking professionals in the energy industry to offer insight, strategy, and solutions. For more information, visit aeenewengland.org slash podcasts. For more information on the Association of Energy Engineers New England chapter, visit aeenewengland.org.